I am trying to not use the phrase, this isn't in my notes anymore, because about 75% of what I say most of the time is not in my notes. And so, um, you already know, so I don't have to tell you. And we'll just roll with it and let God have his way. Amen. Praise God. And uh, I am, we had, we had a time this week. We had a time this week. We had, we had, God met with us in every service, and uh, God spoke to us in every service, and today I, I know that we're going to hear from, from God, and uh, I'm thankful for the Mays family for, for coming and being with us, and uh, for their devotion to seeing the will of God be, be accomplished, and uh, I know Many of you, I don't know how many of you know, but they they worked in a church uh, out in Iola, Kansas, huh? Eight for eight and a half years, and uh, it's it was uh, a lot of work. It was a lot of work, and uh, um, without saying a whole lot, just they they were there, essentially starting a work. <laughs> because of of things that had happened and uh God brought them some good people amen but they know what it's like starting to work doing a, doing a work and so their heart he's told me many times goes out to us and he's been he's been a tremendous blessing they have all been a tremendous blessing amen this morning they walked in with some uh flaming hot cheetos <laughs> she said, hey, does, would any of you guys eat these? I said, yeah, my wife really likes those. I, I got into her car one day, and, and uh, I, I reached over, and I grabbed the bag that I saw laying on her console up under the dash there, and uh, I grabbed a couple, and she looked at me, she said, get out of my Cheetos. You did, too. <laughs> Anyway, so, so I have to get my own Cheetos. No, I'm just kidding. No, she shares. Uh, she's not a bad person. I promise. She's not a bad person at all. Um, in fact, she does me really good. Brother, Brother Tuffy told me the other night. He said, "Man, I, I already know why, you, why you got so much uh, baggage on on your body now." He said, "She, she's a good cook." I said, "Yep, I know it." And it's. They are, yeah. They got a good role model. They got a good role model. By the way, that chili that you guys ate, if you got the chicken chili the other night, that has been first place in a couple of different, uh, no, just at least one uh, chili cooked off. So, And it came in second place another time in that same one. And that's why if you see us carrying around a Kansas City Chiefs uh, crock pot, it's not because we're a Chiefs fan. Um, but it's because we won it at that chili cook-off, or she won it at that. Hey, look at me. I'm signing on to this thing. <clears throat> hey, I carried the chili in. Does that count for anything? I, uh, I know I was at one of them. I don't know which one it was, but anyway, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty good at carrying things. Not a good cook. Not a good cook. Anyway, but... Uh, how did I get off on the carnal things of life? 
Yeah? Well, you have to show us sometime. I know. I took it home. And I ate it all. Huh? Yeah, don't give me that bowl again, though. Okay, thank you. Yes. <laughs> I appreciate that. Well, she let us borrow this nice, beautiful relic of a bowl. And we took it home. And I was like, I told her that day, I said, hey, let's, let's transfer this into something else. And you take the bowl home. She said, no, just bring it back to me when you're finished. Well, one day I was w- working at the house, and I heard this crash in the, in the, liv- in the, in the kitchen. And poor Reagan um, opened the door, and it was not stable, I guess. And it had fallen off the shelf and, and busted all over the floor. It's a one-of-a-kind bowl. It's not really one-of-a-kind. There's a few more out there. But it took us a, a lot of doing to find one. My wife spent the afternoon looking for it. So, yeah. But we wanted to make sure we replaced what we broke. So, anyway, um, that was good chili. And uh, we're going to be having another, uh, another family get-together, Family Friends Day, coming up in the near future. I, don't, I was looking at the calendar last night, on it, but it didn't register to me what, what Sunday it was going to be. So, I don't know. We'll talk about that later when it comes up. But uh, we want to we dig into the word of the Lord. And we want to know, I want to learn what God's looking for in my life. And I want to know how that I can see him face to face when I get there. And uh, I want to hear him say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You've heard me teach many times that in the word of God, the Bible teaches us, even if you go to the passage of scripture where um, Jesus is, is telling us about this, those that will come to him and say, Lord, Lord. We have, we've cast out devils in your name, but yet he says, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. And we understand right there at the end of that, he says, there is one that will judge you. In the end, he said, my word will judge you. And uh, he wasn't just saying, I'm going to stand there and I'm going to be pro- pronouncing judgment. No, he gave us his word. So that we would know what he's looking for. It's not going to come as a surprise on the day of judgment as to what the Lord was looking for in our lives. Amen. He gave us the guidelines. He gave us the guidebook that we, we should be aligning our lives to. And I, I'll, I'll say this. If we're not reading the word often, then how are we going to know what we're supposed to be looking like? Amen. And if you're not willing to do what the word of God says. If you just look at the Word of God, you see, man, that, that looks good. I, I've never seen that before. And it, revelation comes, but you don't apply it to your life. The Apostle Paul said it's, you're, you're just like somebody that gets up in the morning and goes and looks in the mirror and sees yourself a mess, but you don't brush your teeth and you don't wash your face and you don't shower or whatever you need to do to make yourself more presentable and you just, all right, I know I look a mess, but I'm going on anyways. And sometimes I do that, but I do throw a ball cap on. I do brush my teeth, all right? Not if I put my ball cap on. It's a waste of time. That's right. Amen. And so if I'm, if I'm rushing in the morning, most of the time I don't fix my hair. I uh, just find a ball cap real quick. I got three or four laying around in my room somewhere, and I'll just grab one of them, and I'll throw them on my head and, and hit the road. Uh, yeah? Well, when it comes to the word of the Lord, though, 
I'm going to be presenting myself before the king of kings. And let me tell you something. I'm not going before the king of kings in a ball cap and jeans. I'm going to make myself as presentable as I can. Amen. He said we've got to come before him without spot and without wrinkle. And he explains to us how we can get the spots and the wrinkles out if we get spots and wrinkles in our, in our garments. But it's up to us to keep our garments up to par. Can I get an amen? And so in order to do that, we have to live a holy life. The word holy just simply means to be set apart. We need to come out, the Bible says, from among them and be separate. Um, I, I will say that out of the verses we talked about, Hebrews 12 and 14, follow peace with all men in holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. And John 3 and 3, the Bible tells us, Jesus answered to, and said to him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And if you go to verse 5, he says, if you're not born of the water and of the spirit, you can't even enter the, the kingdom of God. And so both of these scriptures tell us if we don't do something, you're not going to make it into heaven. And both of these things are not the same thing. One is holiness and following peace with all men. The other one is being born of the water and of the Spirit, new birth. Neither one of these verses give us the totality, the complete picture of the requirements of salvation. Neither one of these verses do. But each of them give us another principle of salvation. It takes us back to why Isaiah said, we, when we're reading the Word of God, we need to understand it's line upon line, Precept upon precept, here a little and there a little. You've got to understand, God didn't just give us the answer in one spot in the Word of God. You've got to do some digging. You've got to do some reading. You've got to ask God for revelation. It's a whole other subject for another time, but I'll tell you this much. You know why Peter was so blessed and, and when, why Jesus commended Peter so highly, when, when he asked him, whom do you say that I am? Peter said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus responded to Peter. He said this. He said, blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, because flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you. He said, but my father, which is in heaven, has revealed this to you. And then you come in later. And, and you find where Jesus is teaching the disciples. I think it's in John chapter 16. And he begins, actually, I believe it's John chapter 14. Uh, it's one of those two chapters, all right? Amen. You can read those two chapters, and I promise you, you'll be better for it. Amen. But when you go in there, you're going to find that he said that the spirit of truth shall come. And it shall teach you all things. It will give you understanding. Just like in Luke chapter 24, the Bible tells us that Jesus then opened he their understanding. I believe it's the will of God to open the understanding of every single person that's seeking after him. Those disciples, yeah, they had messed up. You understand, Jesus opened their understanding after they had betrayed him. That was when that happened. And so 
it is with us, regardless of the lifestyle that we have lived, as long as we're repentant, then we have the opportunity for God to open our eyes to the Word of God. I want revelation of the Word of the Lord, but I don't want my own revelation. Amen. Some people, Brother May said this the other night. He said, many people say there's many different roads that lead to heaven. Let me tell you something. That's not the case. There is a single road, and it is straight, and it is narrow. And Jesus said, few there be that find it. Now, let me say this. I intend to be a part of that few. Even if few means the same thing as it did in, in the time of Noah. If there's only eight of us going, honey, I'm going to do my best to make sure I'm a part of that eight. I don't think it's just going to be eight. But I can tell you this much, it's not going to be as many as we think. That, I've never heard that before. That's good. It's an opinion. That's, that's a good opinion. But I'll tell you this much. It's not going to be everybody. It's not going to be the masses that we read about that are, that are quickly flipping to Christianity. Um, how much do you guys love me? Yeah, how much do you love me? What do I have up my sleeve? Well, I've already dealt with it on a, was it Tuesday night, Wednesday night? There's a new movie that came out. The Jesus Revolution. I'm not, I'm not so keen on that movie. I'm not so keen on that movie. The reason I'm not keen on it is this. I do believe the concept that the church should be able to receive whosoever comes through those doors. Absolutely. That concept that they're trying to portray in that aspect, absolutely. But to not change and to live the same lifestyle, those that are portrayed in that movie, if you do any, any study of their life, those that they're portraying as heroes in that movie, my friends, they, they stayed high. They stayed in their immoral relationships, yet they were proclaiming Christ at the same time. Did people come to God and did people receive the Holy Ghost? I can't tell. If they said that they got the Holy Ghost and they were baptized in Jesus' name, my friends, I'm saying they were saved. They, they followed the right process. But I can promise you this, if they got the real Holy Ghost and they were really following the process and the, and the steps of salvation, they're not going to stay in that, in that church. <laughs> the reason why is because the Holy Ghost, I said it already, it will lead you and it will guide you into all truth. And the concept of that movie is 
Yes, we want to accept everybody. Yes, the church, we, we should allow folks to come on in on the inside that aren't right. And they need to come. Look, if we weren't accepting of all kinds, but God didn't let you stay the same, Brother Tucker. And that's the problem that I have with that movie. And that's the concept, and that is what the enemy is trying to do across the world, is trying to convince every single person. Again, I, I said this, I don't know what night it was this week, but I, I don't know how many of you realize this, but all of that worship that was going on at Asbury, do you know who was leading that worship? Every one of them on that platform that were leading worship. Now, if you're leading worship, you're leading a sacred thing. Every one of them were homosexual. Did people really get touched by God? Absolutely. Did people really encounter some 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 form of God in that in that in that time? Yeah, absolutely. You know why? Because God responds to hunger. But let me tell you, those that got a real touch of God, they're not following the masses that are still following Asbury. They found them somebody that's teaching them truth. And I, I have proof to that. There were some apostolic preachers. There were some Pentecostal preachers that went into those fields, and they wouldn't let them in the building, honey. They wouldn't let them come through those doors, those church doors. But let me tell you something. They would let them preach out there in the fields, and they were out there, and every chance that they got, Brother Mays, they were preaching the gospel, and they were seeing people. One of the preachers said, I saw at least 50 people while I was there in the three-, four-hour period. He said, I saw 50 people talking in tongues. He said the next day we were baptizing them in the creek. We were baptizing them in the hotel uh, in the hotel pool. And my concern there was, hey, who's following up with these people? Who's 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 making sure they got a good church to go to? Who's who's making sure that they got somebody to help them? And uh and and I I found my answer. They they are actually following up with them. Some of them they're still doing Zoom calls and 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 working with them in that fashion, but some of them are actually traveling to those areas just to make sure there are good churches to send these folks to. Amen. It's not that we think we're better than anybody, but you've got to understand, if, if, if you're allowing sin to lead a, a spiritual situation, that's not holy, folks. That, that, that is, that is going to cause mass confusion. It takes me back to the concept of Simon the sorcerer in, 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 in the book of Acts. The apostle Paul, when he came to him, he said, hey, hey, I, I got all this cash. He, he said, how much do I need to pay you so I can have the same power you have, preacher? And, and, and Peter looked at him and he said, look, it's not for sale. He said it a lot more harsher than that. He said, take your money and get out of here, man. You can't buy this thing. Goes back to Proverbs. Proverbs was written way before Acts was written. But Proverbs says, buy the truth and sell it not. And so, Buffy, I'm not trying to destroy your concept of, of that. But I will say the concept, the overall overreaching thing that the church should be accepting and, and, and allowing folks to come in off the street, no matter what kind of lifestyle they're in, absolutely I agree. That they are allowed to stay that way and not change, 
I absolutely disagree. And not only I, but this entire book disagrees with that. And that's why me personally, and I'm, I'm encouraging you not to just jump on every bandwagon that comes along in Christianity, especially when it comes in the form of movies, because Hollywood is known and prone to completely distorting every fact. Exactly. And that's, I mean, even you're going to say, well, is there any hope for any of these productions? Well, somebody told me something about this, this thing called The Chosen. You guys are going to hate me when I'm done today. <clears throat> I don't like that one either. You know why? What's that? Hate. It is a strong word. And the Bible commands us that if we hate our brother, we're a murderer. Did you know that? So I hope none of y'all are murderers today. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, I, that escalated quickly, didn't it? Amen. <clears throat> it's your fault. <laughs> you're going to strongly dislike me or my opinions, but I just want you to understand, I don't like the chosen because they take the liberty. Every time when you put a production on, they always take the liberty to add many things to what the scripture says, okay? And uh, there are a lot of concepts that they're portraying as we've done the research and we've done all of the work to make sure that this is right. I, I'm going to confess, I watched season number one because I wanted to see how accurate this was. Because if it was really as accurate as what they would say, honey, this was a documentary of the gospel. And I, I went in, maybe I went in too, too skeptical, probably. But my friends, I don't, I don't watch them because they put their own words To what Jesus said. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And I'm just saying be very careful. I, I, I wish to God we, we wouldn't watch those things because then it causes confusion in our minds when we begin to read the word of God and we're like, well, that's not what they said. Maybe I'm misreading this. Does that make sense this morning? That's why it's, it, and you've heard me say this before, you've got to be careful even listening to people on the radio. Or, or, or you guys all know how I feel about television. I, I, I don't like television at all. In fact, I don't believe we should have one in our home. The reason why is because I can't control what's coming over that thing. I can't control what's, what's being portrayed from that. And let me tell you something. Most of the movies that are out there, most of those TV shows that are out there, most of the things that are going on, you say, well, I just watch TVN. Well, here we go back to the false doctrine. In my opinion, that's just as bad as watching somebody fornicate. In my opinion, that's just as bad as watching somebody that's a homosexual Maybe not have relations with somebody, but portraying the fact that, hey, I love this man or I love this woman if they're, the, of, if they're of the same sex. Look, 
if I'm listening to false doctrine, that's going to send me to hell just as fast as immorality will. Does that make sense today? I want to make sure my mind is pure. In fact, this isn't in my, in my notes right now. I said it. I said it. One, I said it one time. Mark it down. I, I'm going to do my best not to say it again. Huh? Hebrews 12 and 14 and John chapter 3 and verse 3, and when I said neither of these verses gives us the totality of the requirements of salvation, but each gives us another principle of salvation, all that has been in my notes. Bear with me a minute. I want to find this passage of Scripture. Because if this isn't highlighted in your Bible, you need to highlight it. If it's not marked somehow, if you don't mark your Bible because you feel like that's not right, that's fine. But somehow you need to write it down somewhere so you can go back to this verse often. Philippians chapter number 4. We know 4 and 13, right? I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Well, let's back up into this conversation a little bit. And let's find out what the Apostle Paul had to say to the church of Philippi. We're going to start with verse number 6. Philippians chapter 4 and 6. I'll give you just a moment. I'm going to grab a drink of water here. Philippians 4 and 6 says, be careful for nothing, but in everything. Everybody say everything. Does that leave anything out? By prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts. The peace of God. Where do we get the peace of God? Through the Holy Ghost. Jesus said, my peace, I leave with you. And he said that during the conversation. He said, my Father will send the Holy Ghost. He will send a comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, and he's going to send it in my name. He said, and I'm going to give to you peace that passes understanding. And then the Apostle Paul comes here later in in Philippians 4 and 7. He said, and the peace of God. Can I say it this way? And the Holy Ghost shall keep your hearts. You with me this far? It's the Holy Ghost that's going to keep you. It's going to keep not just your heart, but it's going to keep your mind through Jesus Christ. And This is how we maintain a pure mind. You ready? Not Pastor Hilton's words. This is straight from the Word of God. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are. Think about it. Is it true? Is what that preacher on the radio or on TBN is saying, is it telling us what the Bible's saying? Is it accurate? Is it the truth that you find in the Word of God? 
Because, my friend, if it's not, you're thinking of things that are not true. Does that make sense today? Whatsoever things are honest, false doctrine's not honest. What is the gospel called? The good news. What's the next thing it says? Whatsoever things are just. I'll get to that one I was about to emphasize in just a minute. Whatsoever things are just. Whatsoever things are pure. Whatsoever things are lovely. Whatsoever things are of a good report. There's some good news right there. But if they're not teaching, if they're teaching that you can accept the Lord as your personal Savior, they're not teaching the good report. And so I'm not listening and, and, and abiding on good news. And so I shouldn't be allowing that into my mind. Again, you say, well, what about when you study? Do you study other doctrines? Do you, do you study other um, uh, religions. And to be honest with you, I can say I have never endeavored to study Mormonism. You know what I know about Mormonism? Is what they've told me. And one thing that we can't agree on with Mormons is the fact that they don't even use the Bible as a source of truth. Catholicism, Trinitarianism, all of those things, yes, I know what they are because I know what they state. But did I dig down deep into them? Absolutely not. Why? Because I want to know what, real, what the real truth is. You've heard me use the whole analogy of the whole banker and, and, and the tellers. And, and they don't train their tellers by giving them a stack of fake bills. So they can learn what a fake bill feels like. No. What they do is they hand them a whole stack. They, they deal with real money all the time, every day. And as they're counting, all of a sudden, well, that didn't feel right. They put it aside and they keep going and keep going. They find another one, they set it aside and they keep on going. How did they know those were fake? Did they Did they have to know every in and out of, of what the uh, fake printers are doing? Did they have to go figure out this is what this looks like? And if, it, if, it's, just so, if it's just so, then it, it's a fake one. If, if it looks like this, it's a real one. No. They engulfed themselves with the real stuff. That's why I'm trying to help us understand. Look, if you want, if you want to listen to uh, other preaching, you want to listen to other things, let, let me help you find some good, solid teaching and preaching. And let's listen to that. Let's, let's, let's listen to what they have to say. Because those things are going to help us to realize what the fake is when it shows up. That's how I'm going to stay holy, folks. It's not because I'm trying to, trying to hover over everybody. It's, it's simply I'm trying to help you understand some principles that are not going to hurt you in the long run. I, there will be a day. There will be a day that you're going to be questioned, and you're going to have to give an answer as to why you believe what you believe. 
And I, I pray to God that every person under the sound of my voice, amen, on a regular basis is able to give an answer to the word of God, not because my pastor told me so, not because I heard it from so-and-so, not because I, I think it feels right. No, I want to be able to go to the black and white and say, hey, this is why I believe what I believe. I'm, I'm, you know, we, we've talked about men's hair, right? We've talked about men's hair. And, and we, we understand, why, why do men need to cut their hair? Well, we used Brother Mays' terminology the other night. God said so. But what did it say about it? It is a shame for a man to have long hair. Am I out? How would you know it if you're not reading the Bible? Or if you didn't hear the preacher say it? And hopefully you went home and you found it out for yourself. You with me today? It's, it's not about, it's not about. <laughs> Let me tell you something. You get the real Holy Ghost, God's going to deal with your heart first. And he's going to ask you to change things in your life. And you're not going to understand at all why you have to do what you feel like you need to do. And then God's going to say, well, here you go. And he's going to give you the answer. That was, that was amazing. You want to tell the story? I don't know who. who had... Yes. Yeah, and I, what was what was crazy is it's actually First Corinthians, um, which is in the New Testament, First Corinthians eleven, and so Wednesday night is when you came in, and it's the first time that I noticed that you you had cut your hair, and I didn't know who he was when he walked in. Yeah, I was up there praying, brother brother Mendez greeted him. I was like, oh man, cool, brother brother Mendez has got a friend. Yeah. A friend of his, brother, a friend of Brother Mendez showed up, and uh, I'll go go meet him in just a minute. I want to finish praying. So I'm up here praying, and I, I came over, and I leaned down, and I, I had told my wife something. And when I leaned down, you looked up at me, and I said, Tuffy! <laughs> Man, you look great. Anyhow. And so the next morning, I knew he and I were meeting that evening for, for Bible study. And him and I, when we meet for Bible study, there was one time that I had a Bible study that we did, and it took eight weeks. I was trying to teach into his marvelous light. I, I got a problem. Um, is there is there a... It, it's worked out very well. But that day I said, God, I really feel strong burden to help him understand why it is he felt what he felt. Now, what I remember is that Sunday before he did that, I was preaching that morning. 
in dead middle of my message, I, I felt something. And I turned around and I, I said, I don't know who you are in here, but I want you to know God's telling you to do something and you need to deal with it. And you need to let God have his way in your life. And I promise you, you will be blessed for it. And I, I was like, okay, I'm done. I'm going to keep moving, moving on and preaching. And you did it that night, that Sunday, wasn't it? Yeah, it was Sunday. He went into the... God will do it. <laughs> she said, what, this or this? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> oh, But that, that night he showed up, and I had been praying all day. I said, God, somehow let me know it's right for me to go through this chapter with him tonight. Because I never want to overwhelm anybody. I want to do it in God's timing. But let me tell you, because, let me tell you something. It's not because I want to hide stuff from people. When God begins to reveal things, that's when you need to teach the thing. Does that make sense? Because when God brings the revelation, just like Simon, when God brings the revelation, honey, nobody's taking that away from you. But if you just get it because the preacher said it, well, you can walk backwards on that any old day. But when God shows it to you, nobody's taking that from you. And so that night he walks in. I said, hey, I, I've been thinking about this other chapter. And I don't think I got the words out. He goes, let me, let me ask you. 1 Corinthians chapter 11 or something like that. Or somehow it went, went like that. We, we were astonished because he had just read 1 Corinthians 10 right before he came that night. I said, well, let's read the next chapter together. And we did. And, and God brought revelation. And he saw why it was he felt like he did. You know, 1 Corinthians chapter 11 is not about hair. The subject of that chapter is not hair. But it does tell us what hair represents. You say, well, what does hair represent? I'm glad you asked. I'm going to give you an answer real quick. According to 1 Corinthians 11, what you do with your hair is assigned to the angels of who you're submitted to. I did this last time we talked about 1 Corinthians 11. It was towards the end of the lesson, and, and I don't have a lot of time. I got less than 13 minutes. But I, I want you to see. I don't want you to just take my word for it. I want you to see it in your Bible. It has nothing to do, the primary subject of 1 Corinthians 11, especially the first part, first half, begins with verse 1, be ye followers of me, even as I also am of Christ. He said, you just need to follow me like I'm following Christ. He said, you've got to be submitted to the right thing. Here we have Paul establishing that pastoral role here in the church. He's saying, look, 
if you want to get to Christ, you're going to have to follow the one that God sent to lead you there. And he said this in verse number three, I would have you know that the head or the authority is what that word means. Of every man is Christ, and the head of the woman is the man, and the head of Christ is God. Now, there's this other word here that says covered. Now, I have my fancy Bible here. I'm going to use it for just a minute because I want to read this passage to you in the NIV. And you'll see why in just a minute. So bear with me as I move over there. And I chose the wrong one. All right, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1. This is the New International Version. It says, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. I praise you for remembering me in everything and for holding to the traditions just as I pass them on to you. But I want you to realize that the head of every man is Christ and the head of the woman is man. And the head of Christ is God. Verse 4. Every man who prays or prophesies with his head covered. Every man who prays or prophesies with his head covered dishonors his head. But every woman who prays or prophesies with her head uncovered dishonors her head. It is the same as having her head. Now you say, what does this covering mean? Well, we're about to answer what this covering means. What is the covering the Bible's talking about? Verse number five, I'm going to read it again, but every woman who prays or prophesies with her head uncovered dishonors her head now understand the word head here is not the same in both statements here. It says with her head. Now that one is her actual physical head. Okay. Then it says dishonors her head. Okay. Now in the original that word head comes from a word which means her authority or her leadership. Okay. But every woman who prays or prophesies with her head uncovered dishonors her head. It is the same as having her head, what's it say in your Bible? Shaven. And here it says shaved. So what's, what's the covering we're talking about? The hair. The hair. For if a woman does not cover her head, she might as well have her hair cut off. Good morning. You're fine. Come on in. But if it is a disgrace for a woman to have her hair cut off or her head shaved, 
then she should cover her head. Consider with me this morning. We could keep on going. A man ought not to cover his head. Since he is the image and the glory of God. But woman is the glory of man. For man did not come from woman, but woman from man. Neither was man created for woman, but woman for the man. It is for this reason that a woman ought to have authority over her own head. Because of the angels. I said a while ago, the hair on our head is important because it is a symbol to the angels of who we are submitted to. Are we submitted to ourselves or are we submitted to God? We can dig into that a little bit more. And this is the same passage of scripture that we were talking about with, with Brother Tuffy. And let me jump down there real quick so I can make sure you understand that I'm not telling you a lie. Bible says in verse 14, if you go down to verse 14, does not the very nature of things teach you that if a man has long hair, it is a disgrace to him? But if a woman have long hair, it is her glory. For long hair is given to her as a covering. The angels are watching. The angels are looking. And they're going to find out who do we cover? Is based on your covering of your head. It's, it's not a very popular message, nor a very popular lesson, but it is in the Word of God. I can promise you, you're not going to hear this lesson taught on TVN. Because it's not popular. I'm not here trying to bring out some new revelation because this is not a new revelation, my friends. This is a revelation of old. As old as this book has been written, this is a revelation. Going back to our main subject, how can I be the vessel that God wants me to be if I'm not submitted to him and his word? I refuse to inundate myself with falsities, with false doctrines, with those things that are not in accordance to the word of God for one simple reason. Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, we go on through that, let, that litany of, of things, and we get to the last part of that verse, and we're going to finish with this. He said, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report. And then he finishes with this. I love the Apostle Paul because he, he never leaves anything out. In fact, if you go to Galatians chapter 5, and he, he talks about the works of the flesh, 
And he goes through a whole list of things that include immorality, it includes homosexuality, it includes pride, it includes all these things. And then at the end, he goes, and such like. Anything else that's like this stuff, you probably ought not do those things because that's the work of the flesh. And here in, the, in this verse number 8 of Philippians 4, he went through this list of things, whatever's true, honest, just, pure, lovely, good report. He said, but just in case you're still wondering what you should think about, what you should dwell upon, he said, is there any virtue in it? And if there be any praise, think on these things. This is what we should be focused on. Not about what mainstream Christianity wants us to believe. Not about all of these different movies and such that come out that everybody is so excited about. Let me tell you something. I love good entertainment. But if it's going to take me down a wrong path, I'm going to steer clear as far away as I can from that entertainment. Amen. Well, God bless y'all. Thanks for enduring my, uh, my lesson this morning, even though I didn't stay on my notes. And uh, you're going to have a good preacher preach to you this morning. That's, that's one good thing you got, amen, to look forward to this morning. Amen. I'm looking forward to hearing the word of God. Amen. Let's spend some time in prayer in the next 30 minutes. And uh, then we're going to start worshiping the Lord here along about 1130. Let's, let's, let's spend some time seeking the face of God this morning.